Jackson, freshly back from his trip, and then following Gary, who's going to read some scripture, we're going to hear from our friend, Daryl Riley. Okay. Thank you, David. Today's scripture reading is from the Old Testament book of Joshua. I'll be reading the first chapter, verses 1 through 9, in the New International Version. Hear the word of the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now I'll introduce Daryl. I got this. Thank you, Gary. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you, and I uh, hope that you are encouraged by that reading of God's Word, uh, because that's what really counts. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your Word that uh, continues to speak to us. We thank you through the ages that you're, you have used your Word to uh, bring conviction and hope and encouragement to us. And so we pray this morning as we reflect upon the Word uh, that your spirit would be speaking to us and that our hearts would be not only open to your word, but be receptive to that which you would say to us this day. We bless your name today, Lord, and ask that you would work in each of our hearts in the strong and good name of our King Jesus. Amen. Well, change. Do you curse it? Do you love it? How, how do you respond to change? Now, I realize in a group this size, there would be lots of different reactions, and, and I know it certainly depends on the kind of change that you're facing, but recently Forbes did a, a study, and the result was that, generally speaking, 62% of the people were negative about change. In fact, some people were so negative, they said that they would try to do anything to avoid change. But on the other hand, uh, about 38% of the people viewed change in a positive way. In fact, some people said they loved it. They were energized by it, and it just got their adrenaline pumping. So what this means is that some people will aggressively embrace change. 
And other people are content just to kind of wait back and, and watch and see and ride out the storm. Well, no matter how you might react to the changes of life, we will face them. And so we need to be prepared to respond. And I think one of the ways that might be helpful to us is simply to see change as a, as a time of transition. It, it's a process uh, where we are moving from one particular situation or circumstance to another. And so with that in mind this morning, I'd like for us to look at a significant time of change or transition that takes place in the Old Testament. Now, it provides for us some insights that I think can help us to, to deal with some of the, the changes that take place in, in our own lives, some of the transitions uh, that we go through. Joshua 1.1 begins, after the death of Moses. Now, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you no doubt have heard a lot about Moses. But even if you're not familiar with the Old Testament, maybe you've seen the movie. Um, there's a picture of, of Charlton Heston there. It just kind of give you a, a glimpse of that. But uh, uh, we, we know Moses is a big deal. He was the one that went into Pharaoh when the people were enslaved and said, let my people go. And so he leads the people out of Egypt. And then they come to the Red Sea and they thought they were stopped. And so Moses holds his staff up and God uses that to divide the Red Sea and they cross over on dry land. And then Moses leads the nation for 40 years while they're in the wilderness. It was Moses that God gave the Ten Commandments to. See, Moses had a unique relationship with God. In fact, Deuteronomy 34.10 says that the Lord knew Moses face to face. There was a special connection. But Joshua 1.1 says Moses is dead. He's gone. It's now time for a, a major change or transition. But the backstory of this transition really begins at the close of the book of Deuteronomy. In the closing chapters of Deuteronomy, God has revealed to Moses, you're not going to be the one that will lead the people into the promised land. In fact, in Deuteronomy 31, 14, God speaks to Moses and says, the day of your death is near. So the first transition we'll look at this morning is Moses' transition from life to death. God says, the day of your death is near. <laughs> now, if you heard a message like that from God, how would you respond? Uh, we'd probably be surprised we weren't expecting something like that. It would shake us up. But as we look at how Moses responds, Moses responds by trying to prepare others for his death. The 32nd chapter of Deuteronomy is labeled by many as the Song of Moses. And, and, and here's a scripture passage where Moses is reminding the people of God's faithfulness that God has been faithful to them even when they have not been faithful to God. So in doing this, Moses wants to remind the people, don't repeat the past mistakes. Moses has also written down the word of God and he's, he's given the word to the priest and he, he stresses to the people the importance of following God's word. In fact, in Deuteronomy 32, 47, Moses says, these are not just mere or idle words. They are your life. 
And what Moses is saying to the people, if you want to experience all that God has in mind for you in the future, stay true to God and stay true to his word. They are your life. The fulfillment of God's promises to you are dependent upon your following God's word. Now, I think that's a good reminder for us today. <laughs> Honoring God, following his word, applying his principles, they are the key to life. The Bible was not intended to be something that we can just uh, pick and choose from. It's like some kind of optional part of our lives that, that we can take the parts that we like and ignore the others. God's word is not an option. They are words of life. That was true for Moses and the people of Israel. But that is also true for us today. We are to follow God's word. Then after that, Moses addresses the 12 tribes of Israel. He, he's looking to the future. And he gives words of encouragement and, and blessing to them. He, he wants to be sure that the next generation have a, a vision of what God wants to do. I mentioned last week how encouraged I was and impressed with uh, what you're doing to invest in your children and your youth and your vacation Bible school and the camps and the different things that you're doing. Uh, you're investing in the future. You're planting good seed in these young lives. And that's so, so important. So these are some of the things that Moses has done as he gets this word from the Lord that his life is coming to the end. And, and so he begins to prepare himself and he prepares, begins to pray, prepare others for this transition from life to death. Now how are you preparing for your transition from life to death? Now, I imagine most of us uh, this morning are thinking more in terms of months and years rather than days and, th and that's probably true if Jesus doesn't return soon most of you will enjoy many more years but the reality is some of us <laughs> we're on a shorter time frame and so God's message to Moses is also a message for us the day of your death is near er near er <laughs> see today you're one day closer to the end of your life than you were yesterday. No matter how old or young you are, that fact is true. So what are you doing? How are you handling that transition? How are you preparing? I don't want to be morbid, but that's something we all should consider. Because last time I checked, the mortality rate was right at 100%. In fact, Hebrews 9.27 puts it this way. It plainly states, everyone will die once. Now we all know this and yet we would like to kind of sidestep the rea that reality. See we're not in charge of when our life will end. We, we don't control that. But what we can control is how we manage the time, the transition between now and the end of our lives. Now my wife Peggy and I, uh, we're in our 70s and so we are faced with the reality that probably one of us will die before the other. And so we're, we're trying to help one another prepare for that. And, and there's some practical things that we do, like uh, I've always done our budget. And so I'm sitting down and, and going over uh, our budget and bills and that type of thing uh, with Peggy. Uh, yesterday was budget school at the Riley, so we had quite a good time with that. 
<laughs> Peggy's laughing at that because she... <laughs> uh, now, Peggy is teaching me how to do laundry. Now, over the years, I've done a fair amount of laundry, but I'm now learning to do laundry correctly. So, gentlemen, if you need some pointers on how to do laundry, you can check with me after the service, and, and I can fill you in on, on, on what you should do. But aside from, you know, we've had serious talks. What about cremation, burial? What, what about your funeral service? What, what are some of the scriptures that have guided your life that you'd like to have shared? Is there a particular song? See, we, we realize that one of us will be left behind, and so we want to prepare for that day. How are you preparing for that day? Uh, now, there are certainly practical things that we would do, and there are some relational things that we can do. But beyond that, are you spiritually prepared for that day? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Is your relationship with Jesus current? See, we, we will all face this transition from life to death. That is certain, but what is not certain is where we will spend eternity. And, and the Bible tells us the only way that we can prepare for that transition from life to death is by putting our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now, if you've never done that... I, I can't force you to do that, and, and I wouldn't want to try to trick you into doing that, but, but I would ask the question, why not? See, that's the most important decision that a person can ever make. It's the decision that will have eternal consequences. Don't wait. Now, I would say that if you have made that commitment to Jesus, uh, do your family and friends and loved ones know that? One of the greatest gifts that you can give your family is letting them know that you have an assurance of your salvation because you've accepted Jesus. If your family knows that, even if some of them aren't Christians, if they know that, it can give them a sense of hope and comfort even in the midst of their grief. One of the very sad things for me as a pastor is sometimes I would be invited to do a funeral for a person that I didn't know very well. And so I'd sit down and talk with the family and try to get some details so I could uh, personalize the message. But I would always ask about their faith, the person's faith. And so many times family members would say, well, you know, we didn't talk much about that. Sometimes they would say, well, we went to church. Or more often than not, they would say, well, we didn't go to church all that much. But then they would go on to say, well, they were really a nice person, and they begin to list some of the good things that this person did. And I'm thinking to myself, this is sad, because those things don't matter. At the end of life, the only thing that matters for all of eternity is what we've decided to do with Jesus. In terms of your faith, in terms of your relationships with others, do what you need to do now. A life can end quickly. It's, it's not always obvious when the end of life will come. That was true for Moses. Moses knew that the end of his life was coming, but Deuteronomy 34, 7 says, even though Moses was 120 years old, his eye was not weak, his strength was not gone, he was healthy and active, he was leading the people one day, and the next day he was gone. He walked up Mount Nebo and never came down. 
Never talk to anyone again. Life can change quickly. So don't wait to say the things that need to be said. Are you telling the people that you love that you love them? Are you expressing appreciation to the people that have influenced your life and, and helped you in difficult times? Have you apologized to anyone? Have you forgiven anyone? Have you asked for forgiveness? See, it might not be your transition from life to death. It might be someone else's. So take advantage of the time that you have. You never know when the last time you see or talk to someone, it might be the last time that you see or talk to that person. So transition number one was Moses' transition from life to death. A second transition that we see in this passage is from the known old to the unknown new. After Moses died, there's a new leader, Joshua. And the Hebrew people at this time, they're, they're on the edge of the promised land for a second time. And if you're familiar with the story, you might remember that 40 years earlier, they were at the edge of the promised land, and 12 spies went out to spy out the land. And as they came back to give the report, they all said, oh, yes, the land is a wonderful land. But 10 of the spies said, well, there are obstacles, there are problems, there are giants. And so the people hearing this report did not have the faith that God was able to overcome those obstacles. You see, they preferred the old known situation remember they were living in the desert in the wilderness <laughs> they preferred that situation to the unknown opportunity of the promised land and because of that choice they were sentenced to wander in the wilderness for 40 years now something we might note that during those 40 years in the wilderness Every individual, every person who was over the age of 20 when the spies gave the report, they would die in the wilderness. And so what that means is that the people that were at one time children and teenagers when the spies gave the reports, they are now the adults. They are now a new generation. And they are on the edge of the promised land. And these are people that had high confidence in Moses. But Moses is now dead. Moses had been the only leader that they'd had for 40 years. Literally, they had grown up with Moses. They were the, he was the only leader they had never, ever known. And he's now gone. Now, I couldn't help but see just a little bit of a parallel uh, with that, with the transition that you are going through here at Good News Church. Pastor John has not died. That's good news. But he has announced his retirement. He's the founding pastor of this church. Pastor John has been here from the beginning. Some of you came to know Jesus as a result of Pastor John's ministry. And so he's been your pastor since you've come to faith. Or maybe you're away from the church for a long time and, and you saw something about Good News Church and Pastor John that drew you back into church and your faith was reinvigorated. But that soon will be changing. Now, the reality is that pastoral transitions are just a part of church life. Part of my ministry uh, was I served as a conference superintendent. And so I worked with churches as they were going through transitions from one pastor to another. 
And one of the common responses that I would see sometimes in, in congregations is that people would take the attitude because they were uncertain about the future that's kind of like, well, let's just wait and see what this new pastor's life is like. And my common response, my common challenge to, to congregations in transition, I would say, this is no time to settle in. Your church and this community needs you more than ever. And so as you're waiting, pray. Pray for your pastor. Pray for Pastor John. Uh, <laughs> When I decided, when I heard the Lord that it was time for me to retire, it was a very difficult thing. And, and I'm sure Pastor John's going through some of those same emotions. It's, it's a difficult thing. But be praying for your leaders and for this potential new pastor that God would raise up the, the right person to come and, and to, to lead you. So pray like you've never prayed. Serve like you've never served before. Give like you've never given before. And if you do that during this time of transition, when this new pastor comes to begin their ministry, he will step into a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit and ready to see God moving in a great way into the future. Life's always changing, isn't it? Every day, we are moving from the old to the new. We're, we're moving from the known to the unknown. How do you handle that? Well, let's look at just a couple of highlights from the scripture that gives us some principles from Joshua 1 that can help us to navigate the transitions of life. Let's look at verse 3. There God says to Joshua, every place you put your feet, I'll give to you. So first of all, God is saying to the people, keep moving. What God is saying to Joshua is that I have something in store for my people, but they've got to move can't stay here. To realize the promises of God, the people had to leave where they were in order to move forward. Now, frankly, that can be hard for us. Sometimes we can kind of be like the Hebrew people the first time at the edge of the promised land. We can be comfortable with the old of today, even if it's not great. At least we know it. We're familiar with it. And to move ahead with questions and uncertainty about the future, well, that's not natural. Especially for the 62% of us that have a negative view of change anyway. In fact, sometimes it's the uncertainties of life that can paralyze us. But it's important in the midst of changes that we keep moving, even when we're not sure. See, 2 Corinthians 5-7 reminds us that we walk by faith, not by sight. It's a step-by-step -step journey. And so part of our faith journey is trusting God even when we don't have all of the answers. I've read this passage many, many different times, but something I saw when I was preparing for this message for the first time is that God did not place any limitations on his promise to Joshua. He said, I'll give you every place that you set your feet. The only limitation to the promise is that when people would stop walking. As we face change, as we face transitions in life, God calls us to keep moving by faith, to keep trusting him, and to allow him to direct our steps and to, to show us where we should go and what he has in store for us. Well, there's a second thing that we see in this scripture. Uh, be strong and courageous. Now, 
This is emphasized with Moses at the end of Deuteronomy and it's repeated several times here in Joshua 1. Now, why would God emphasize this? Well, pretty obvious. <laughs> the people were up against a major challenge. And even though the people were children and teenagers when the spies brought back their reports, they probably still had to remember uh, what the people were talking about uh, as far as the reports about the fortified cities and, and their giants there and, and, and the task that they would be facing would be humanly impossible. And yet in this situation, they're told to be strong and courageous. How's that even possible? <laughs> How can you have strength or courage when you're faced with something that is overwhelming? Well, let's look at verses 6 through 8. Be strong and courageous. And then he repeats again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the law. Don't turn from the right or the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Don't forget this book of the law. Meditate upon it. Rehearse it in your mind over and over. Do everything in it. Then you shall be prosperous. Remember Moses' challenge to the people to follow God's word? He said, they are your life. And now as they are on the threshold of this major transition, God speaks to Joshua and he reminds the people, don't forget my word. Stay true to the word. Don't deviate to the right or to the left. And then he gives the promise. God gives us a lot of promises, doesn't he? And we're eager to claim those promises. That's a, a good thing. But promises always come in the context of a relationship. It involves both parties. There's God's part, which he's already done, and there's our part. If we want God's promises, we are to live God's way. This is the emphasis he comes in in verse 9. He says, have, not, have I not commanded you? Notice it's not a suggestion. <laughs> have I not commanded you? Be strong. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged in the midst of this situation. Why? Because I will be with you wherever you go. Now, this is what Joshua is facing and, and leading the people here at the beginning of the book of Joshua. And then throughout the book of Joshua is the conquest of the land and the victories that God gives the people. And then at the end of the book of Joshua, as Joshua is preparing for his own transition from life to death, he does so by remembering the faithfulness of God. He remembers that throughout the entire journey, God was true to his word. God kept his promises. In fact, in the closing chapters, in two different times, uh, God, Joshua speaks about the faithfulness of God. Look at this transition checklist from Joshua. Joshua 23, 14. Not one of God's promises has failed. Not one of them. Everything that God has promised has come true. And what Joshua was saying to the people then and what he's saying to us is that we can be assured that God will keep his promises. He will honor his word. We can trust God. 
I wonder what God might be saying to you this morning. Could he be saying to you, hey, I've got something more for you. (laughs) Something new in store for your life. But you can't stay where you are. Got to take a step. You got to move. And maybe the Lord has brought to mind this morning a situation or a person that you need to talk to. Or maybe uh, something that you need to do. Maybe it's a thank you. An apology. Maybe it has something to do with forgiveness. I, I don't know. But I suspect you know. Would you be willing to move? Would you be willing to take that step to do what needs to be done and say what needs to be said? The only thing that limited Israel was when they stopped moving. But, but I wonder if God has something more for you that you will never experience unless you move. Unless you take that step. Or maybe you've just been sitting on the sidelines in terms of involvement in your church family. And just said, well, I'll just kind of wait and see what happens. But this morning you realize it's time to step forward. To get involved. To pray. To serve. To help. To be a part of this church family in a more significant way. Or maybe this morning God's been speaking to you about your own transition from life to death. And quite frankly, you know you're not ready because you never accepted Jesus. Or maybe you just have some doubts of where you're at with your relationship with the Lord. So maybe the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you today to say, hey, I'm giving you another chance. Take that step of faith. Accept the forgiveness and the hope and the freedom that is only available through Jesus Christ. There's no better time, no better place than right now, right here at Good News Church this morning. Or or maybe as you're looking at your life, things just seem a bit out of control. Maybe you're facing a significant problem. Or maybe you're dealing with a situation that, that any kind of positive resolution seems almost impossible. And so you're just... Don't have any idea of what you should do. There's uncertainty. And and maybe you're just feeling overwhelmed as you think about the future. Could you hear God whispering to you this morning, in this very moment? Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you. Could you hear Jesus whispering to you this morning, Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. This morning I'd like to end our time just by giving you a few moments to reflect, to listen to what the Lord has been saying to you. Uh, Then after we do that, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, the service will be over. But I would just invite you to leave quietly. There may be some that would like to stay, and there's some more business that they need to do with the Lord. Uh, If there's anything you'd like to talk about or pray with me about, I'll be here at the front. But let's use these moments to allow God to speak and to allow you to respond. So let's take a few moments of quiet before I pray. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. 
you heard that invitation as the service began and as we have come to you and come to your word once again, we've invited you to speak to us. And Lord, I know this morning there's a variety of circumstances and situations that uh, no individual could know any of them, but you know all of them. And we're thankful for that. And so, Father, as um, you speak to our hearts, would you allow us to have the faith and courage uh, to respond and to simply do as your spirit is directing? May these be moments of uh, surrender and victory as we come to you and invite you just to continue your good work in us. We invite you to do so in the strong and good name of Jesus. Amen.